When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Ah, yes, another week, everybody, the Dairy Brothers Tribecast right here at WaitingForNextYear.com or wherever you get your podcast. Matt and Todd with you. It's a Monday, August the 2nd. We turn the page on July into August. Trade deadline is passed. Tribe, Guardians, whatever you want to call them, have made some moves. Certainly an entertaining weekend with the games uh, in Chicago against the White Sox. We'll get into that. Todd, we have a a busy show today for sure. We're brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and Breaking Tea t-shirts as well. Where do you want to start, man? Um, Man, what? Saturday night was a wild game. Yesterday was a wild game. You know, the team is battling, but it's obvious that you know, as as many of the national writers have, have written, oh, the division's already been won by the White Sox, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I don't know. You, you you take the ball and roll with it today. I feel like uh, Chet Kopik. Your dime, your dance floor. <laughs> you know what you should have said to me? What's up? Talk to me. That's um, right. Here's, here, here are my thoughts. Like this weekend was, well, first of all, this week in general is very interesting. And it kind of just showed what the Indians are, which is right now a 500 team playing kids you know they split with the cardinals which those tuesday wednesday games against the cardinals i feel like happened a month ago i don't know about you but you know you had the big you had the big win on on wednesday afternoon but this weekend series against the white Sox, it was like old school rivalry baseball it was. i really enjoyed it there was so much between the the, the game on on friday night which 99 threw away and then Saturday's back and forth affair which I have said was the best game of the year in my opinion uh and then Sundays and, and you know the two times with with Jose Abreu getting hit with the bases loaded and that fucking asshole old man get off my lawn piece of crap Tony La Russa. I don't care that he's in the hall of fame the genius Get him out of the sport. He is such a piece of shit. He's a problem. And 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 and, 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 and Major League Baseball Major League Baseball needed to step in because the reason why somebody is going to get hurt had nothing to do with anybody getting hit over the weekend and had everything to do with him trying to cause a scene and cause a stir both on Saturday night um or Friday night. And on Sunday afternoon, or yeah, yesterday the same yes, thing. And Sunday. It was Friday and Sunday. I mean, yeah, Friday cut. night was when he hit Karen Check, excuse me, 99, hit Jose Abreu in the head with the bases loaded. Why would he hit a guy in the head with right. the bases loaded? Right. No. And, and, and I think the score you know, was either tied. It was, was tied. It gave, tied? It, yeah. Okay. No, no, it was it five to five. four. It was five, five to four. four. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was tied or if it was five to four. He's not hitting the guy in the head. Of course not. And you could see immediately, listen, as whatever I feel about 99, he completely felt bad. You could see it. And he and Roberto went down, and here comes that old fuck oh, yeah. running out, which was laughable. And that'd oh, yeah. be a meme forever. And he pushes Roberto Perez. Yeah, you, you don't, you don't, you, get you, out of the way. Yeah, you don't put your hands on our player. You you don't do that. You don't do that. You do not put your hands on another team's player. You don't touch somebody else's player. That that was complete bush league. Uh, but but again, it's yeah. par for it's par for the course with him. You know, this is a guy that was drinking and driving recently. Get out of here. Best friend is Bobby Knight. What else do you need to know about this individual? Exactly. Uh, and then ye- yesterday, same thing. He comes out. Uh, like, Cal Quantrill's going to hit Jose Abreu and force him to run again. Like, come on. Like, right, again, with the we, bases Our, our guys are pitching him inside. The guy's one of the best hitters in the game and the reigning MVP. Anything out over the plate, this guy extends and hits to all fields. The one place he's a little susceptible 
is is inside and high, and that's where we pitched him. And unfortunately, he got hit a bunch of times this weekend, but none of them were on purpose. Can we get out of here with that? And no. you and you notice that his players didn't hit any of our people because his players know that he's full of shit. <laughs> anybody can manage that team. That team's loaded. Yeah, they got they 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 are a very good team, and and uh, it was a fun fun weekend series. Um, I I would that Saturday game was just unbelievable, and I, I just there, there were so many things that went on, and I think you know in discussing the topics, the, the game is going to come up a bunch of times. So here's where I think we should start. Beginning of the week, Mon- uh, 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 at the beginning of the week, you get the. Trade deadline jump with Cesar Hernandez getting traded to the White Sox uh, in return for Connor Pilkington, a left-handed. He was a college starter at Mississippi State. He comes in. He's going to be slotted in in double-A. Seems like a nice return for someone who, um, you know, listen, I I love what Cesar Hernandez gave to this team. Nice nice season and a half here. uh, But as you and I have discussed many times, where the this organization is most loaded and most major league ready is up the middle. You got a bunch of guys who you can learn about to play second base. Cesar's thirty, get a club a club option next year for six million that they most likely were not going to pick up. So to pick up somebody who you're probably going to immediately put on your forty man roster or protect this uh, this this off season, you know that's that, that's a that's a win. That's a win. So you know you, you you're going to look at second base and and, and see what you got there. We'll get into the trades in a minute, but on that same day, it was announced that Terry Francona, longtime manager of the Indians now, uh, is going to take the rest of the season off because of health problems. And he's having his hip replaced. I think today he was having hip replacement. You know, anybody who watches this team and watches Tito waddling out to it's, the mound it's rough. walking boots. Rough. He just, you could, yeah, you could tell him. And when he spoke to the media, when they made, had the name change, he just did not look well. I mean, he's always, you know, listen, he's always funny and it's smiling and, you know, he's good with the media and all that. But you could just tell physically he's just not there. And I, I believe he said, listen, I can't, if I can't give my all, I can't be out there. I got to take care of myself. So. The team's now been turned over to DeMarlo Hale. So I will let you take it from there. What are your thoughts? Oh, I feel terrible for, for, for Tito. He's done such a remarkable job. He's the face of this franchise. He's one of the leaders. You know, the other day when they unveiled the name and, and everything you know, last Friday with the Guardians and everything else, um, Tito was front and center. You know, the people that are in charge of this thing are, are, are you know, Paul Dolan, obviously, and then the front office with, you know, Cherninetti. Uh, and then you got Tom Hamilton and Tito Francona. That's our franchise, man. You know, it, you you wouldn't have you wouldn't have had that announcement without Hammy emceeing, and you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been the same without Tito chiming in. Uh, the job that he's done has been unbelievable. You know, nationally sometimes we get mocked for being this low budget, cheap, you know, underdog team. And but but the one saving grace, at least on the face of it. For people that are casual baseball fans, is man, they got themselves a heck of a manager and leader in, in Terry Francona. So, you're right. I mean, he he doesn't look well. He looks looks out a little out of shape, and he isn't able to move much. So, you know, he's you know just limping on the on the leg, and then he's got the toe, then he's got the hip, then he's got this and that, and he had heart issues in the past. So they got to get him right, and I think it's the right move right now. Um, I know there's been some questions on why Sandy Alomar is not the interim manager because he was last year, but DeMarlo Hale has more managerial experience going back to the minor leagues. He's been the bench coach, and most likely you move the bench coach up, and they left Sandy where he is doing the catching duties as catching coach and first base coach. So I have no issue with that. I think one day when Tito does step down, and I don't think he's going anywhere, I think he'll be back next year, and I think that's the plan. Um I don't think Sandy Alomar is going to be the manager. I just, I just don't. I just don't feel like this organization feels like they're handing it over to him, because if they would have handed it over to him this year, that would have told us something. But they're not. So uh, I don't think Tito. I think Tito's going to manage next year. I do. I just think they got to get him right. And right now is the right time. The, the season is probably over unless we make some sort of run. But playing all these young young players, I and having all these injuries, I don't see them doing that. You know, Tito, I think, is seven wins away from becoming the all-time 
winning its manager in, in, in Cleveland baseball history, soon to be Guardians history. Um, so I think he wants to come back and get that, number one. And number two, this is a guy like the head coach of the your alma mater, the Syracuse Orange basketball team, Jim Beheim, who's going to die on I feel like he will not know what to do if he is not on the bench or he is not you know what I mean? Like Beheim is going is how old is Jimmy at this point? Seven seventy six. Seventy six, okay? And he doesn't he doesn't no, he's not. He's not. Ever. He's not going, he's going anywhere. To, no, he's going nowhere. You, you said this to me all the time. He's he's going to die on that bench. I feel like Tito is the same way. He needs to be around the ballpark. He's not a married guy. You know, he's got his kids, but whatever. He 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 is married to the game. So I think he's just going to be there. You know, as long as he can physically handle it. So I do think he'll be back next season. To your point about Sandy, you know, last year Sandy was the bench coach only because Brad Mills. Uh, reti- basically re- retired to take care of his uh, family after. Yeah, it was the COVID. Yeah, COVID thing too. He yeah, opted COVID. out. Opted right, out. Yeah. yeah, he opted out. But um, so Demarlo Hill this year was the new bench coach. They could have made Sandy the bench coach. They didn't. And listen, uh, this is another topic for another day. And you know, Sandy Alomar is also Cleveland Indians baseball and a great ambassador, legend, team in the sure. city, and a wonderful man. <clears throat> but you and I both agree that he is not manager material if he was he would have gotten a job by now elsewhere he's, he's interviewed he's, he's in, right he's interviewed yeah, he's for years he's yeah, interviewed and, for and, years and he can stay here as long as he wants i love him and you know what if they ended up making him the manager after tito I, i'd be thrilled for him and it would be great but but i don't think he's their long-term manager i think they have other guys in the organization that they're higher on i think they're higher on sarbaugh i think they're higher on andy tracy you know, there, there's there's pl- plenty of guys that I think are ahead of him. So I just, you know, to, to wrap this part up, I just wish Tito the best. I hope his health, you know, gets better enough to where he can manage again and uh, lead this team because I do think with the new name and the new branding, you want that strong voice out there promoting it. So yeah, best, yeah. best wishes and, uh, uh, you know, best health to the great Oh, I don't think there's uh, any doubt. Um, he's the man. He's only 62, by the way. Tito. Wow. I I, I think that's right. I, I last I looked, I mean, I I think that he's. I think you're, I think you're right. It's not well, like you know. He played in in like 1988. He was on the Indians. So that seems about right. I mean, 62. so you know, you got the guy on the other side that we were screaming at all weekend, Larusa, who's in his mid 70s. Um, you know, out there. So I think that, you know, Tito's still a young dude. He's just, he's got to get well. So, you know, I think that that was a pretty big move and a pretty big headline. And the Indians, I think, are doing the right thing by allowing him to step away, get these surgeries. And then, like you said, hopefully, you know, he comes back next year and is rejuvenated and, and is really 100% healthy and not starting the spring with still some lingering things around him. Um, like you mentioned with you the trade... What? Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, like you mentioned with the trade deadline, though, um, <laughs> you know, we we said this last week. I mean, nobody was more excited when the Indians acquired Eddie Rosario this this offseason than we were. And, man, what a bust. I mean, it just traded to the Braves for basically cash and Pablo Sandoval, who would never have donned an Indians uniform, and then immediately got DFA'd. That should tell you about the market. For Eddie Rosario, um, just a quick thought on that, Todd, because I don't think we need to spend that much time on it. Yeah. He was a, he was a disappointment. Yeah, very much so. And, and you and I were oh my god, we talked about this last week. You and I were so excited when we got him, and he was such a disappointment. But you know, as as stated before, this he's not a part of the future. There's no reason to keep him around. He's not healthy, and we have so many young outfielders that we need to get regular at bats. And at this point. You know, when you're a 500 baseball team, nine games out of first, and most likely not going to catch the second wild card, you need to learn about those guys, especially with that 40 man roster crunch coming up. So it was the right decision. I wasn't sad to see him go. Uh, I was just disappointed by how things went. So then they go out and trade Uncle Phil, Phil Maton, who had done a nice job in the bullpen, wasn't always used in high leverage spots. In the in the ilk of Shaw, Karen Jack, Class A, and to an extent Sandlin, 
were kind of all ahead of him on the pecking order. Brian Shaw is still here, and that's another topic for another time. Uh, he's losing it <laughs> again. But, um, you know, to trade Phil Maton to the Astros to get Miles Straw, at first I was like, man, it was weeks ago on this show where we were talking about the Houston and all the young guys that they've recycled and brought up, uh, not, not recycled, but cycled in and, and brought up with all the injuries that they've had. And Miles Straw is a guy that, to me, is an extremely attractive player in terms of his speed, his defense in center field. He puts the bat on the ball. He rarely strikes out. If you saw his at-bats this weekend, he battles. He doesn't strike out. And you know Bradley Zimmer strikes out a lot. So to pick up Miles Straw and have him under team control for the next uh, you know, three more or four more years after this. I think it's five total. They have five years of club control. 2026. They can pick, you know, they can. Right. It's the last year of arbitration for him. So I loved it. I thought it was a great move. Right-handed bat. We seem to be left-handed heavy at times. So I love that move. And I already, you can already see in the outfield with as pathetic as this outfield defense has been all season that Miles Straw takes charge out there. You already see it. You know, you know why? Because he's a real center fielder. Hey, listen, you know how I feel about Zimmer. Zimmer does a nice job in center field for the most part. He ran down a ball this week against the Cardinals. That was an unbelievable over-the-shoulder catch on the dead sprint, which was great. And, and, and you know, say what you want about Zimmer. But Straw is – this guy, first of all, he's one of the fastest guys in the game. He plays great defense. I see a lot of, oh, they got themselves a right-handed Zimmer. He's much better than that. He is. And I like that they're, they, they got him. Uh, I'm a listen. You, you and I are both Phil, Uncle Phil Maton fans, but you know you got to trade sometimes when you want a major league ready guy who's got long term potential. You got to give something to get something. And as much as I love Phil, he was inconsistent at times. And they do have a lot of these young arms coming up uh, uh, in double and triple A that'll be able to, to to replace him in the next year or so. There's going to be some turnover for sure. But I think it was a, I think it was a smart move. You and I have been on this podcast and over and over and over again talking about all these guys are the same and these outfielders are not good. Well, you just got yourself the guy who was starting in center field for a first place team for the last three months. So I, I thought it was a great move. When you texted me that, I was like, is this, a, is this for real? I, didn't, I just didn't, I couldn't believe that yeah. the Astros gave up on him. And we read a lot from the Houston media. Like they, they were great guy, surprised. right? Great yeah. guy, clubhouse guy immediately called Michael Brantley was like, Hey, tell me about Cleveland. You know, some guys just drop their head or take the 48 hours to not even show up. This guy immediately got in an airplane Got there two hours for the game on Saturday, um, and he's just a base. He's a ball player, and he's. I'm sorry, he's better than Bradley Zimmer. This right-handed Zimmer talk is ridiculous. No, Miles Straw's not a 300 hitter. No, he doesn't have an OPS so over 800 or heck even over 700 right now. But this is the really the first full time full season that they've given him full at bats, full time at bats, and hitting from the right side. I like that. I think we've been too left-handed heavy at times. Um, and like you said, I mean, a couple of times this weekend, you saw balls that were hit into right center or left center that he immediately took charge. The defense is abysmal. All right. It's, it's so bad and up the middle, you have to be good defensively. And right now the Indians are horrific defensively at shortstop. They're not good defensively at second and haven't been all year, you know, catchers five has been pretty good. Um, but center field has been iffy. And, and, yes, even Zimmer, who runs a bunch of balls down, even he's colliding with Daniel Johnson the other night. And the ball, oh God. you know, blah, plops over the that fence because him and, him, and, him and DJ can't. You've got to take charge of that. And I know maybe he did and maybe it was Johnson's fault and who knows. But still, I think if Straw's out there, that ball, that doesn't happen. Let's talk about the outfield overall. Let's talk about the outfield, actually. Do we um, have to? Yes, we do. Because now so that Straw is in the mix – and Eddie Rosario is, you know, we know is not coming back. So basically right now what we're looking at is Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer, Miles Straw, Harold Ramirez are your five outfielders. Correct. The way Harold has been swinging the bat since he's gotten up here, Harold's out there every day and should be out there every day, you know, at a minimum six days a week, right? So which basically means 
straw and and i'd like to you know now straw is going to be a part of your future because of the club control you have so i think he's going to get regular playing time which is interesting was that zimmer was playing right field yesterday you had the zimmer straw mercado outfield which was something else um but i i i think that you those three guys four guys you want to throw daniel johnson in the mix there's no pot, there's no chance all four are going to be on the 40 man roster when this when when the decisions are made all four of those guys will not be around is that safe to say in, in, I would- uh yes i i mean i would say so and you know i you know like like, like we're going to do the pitching matchups a little bit later on but like the indians are going to face uh, three straight three lefties, lefties to yeah. start the week uh, with the Blue Jays starting this afternoon, by the way, at 3.07. Is, is it like Boxing Day or Canada Day or Thanksgiving in Canada Day? or what? what why is this it's, an afternoon game today? I would imagine so because they're playing in in Toronto for four straight days, so it's not like it's a getaway day. I don't know what day it is, but I think it's Canada Day. I think well, the ugly Americans don't know the answer. I think it's very cool. Well, their national anthem is better than ours. Um, oh, Canada rules! It's Dad awesome. Told us that when we were in the womb. I mean, and uh, <laughs> that's that's number one. And number two, uh, it's great that they have baseball back up there and Sky Dome, Rogers Center. You and I have been there. Um, we saw we saw some Glen Allen Hill and Mark Witten action uh, up there. It was you and it was it was you and the uh, executive producer and cousin Adam. I was not there for that. Kuzan. Uh, all right. It was, it, was, it was cousin. Yeah. You weren't there. No. Uh, you guys were. You and you and Adam came down from Syracuse, and that was know. opening day, ninety three. Yeah. Glenn Allen Hill lost the ball in the lights. Ninety three or ninety four. It was ninety two because Glenn Allen Hill. It was the the year after they won the World Series. Yeah, yeah, because they got their rings and they got the and we jumped out to an early lead and I was doing some heavy taunting. Um, <laughs> I think Mark Witten hit like a moonshot. Oh, I love that. When Mark Witten got into one, and then, you know, yesterday Brian Goodwin did that little cutesy bat flip on the uh, home run, which everybody does now. It doesn't bother me anymore. But Mark Witten used to do some sick bat flips back in the day. Oh, how about when his second stint with the Tribe in the uh, in the uh, ALC, ALCS against the Yankees in '98 when he we hit back to back to back homers, and he hit it right handed, and he flipped his bat like, oof, that was good. Ooh, that was good. But meanwhile, Brian Goodwin. You want to know something? Cousin Brian Goodwin, as you call him. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, no relation. So it, it was so interesting because I'm happy that Brian Goodwin got that moment. But let's not forget that Brian Goodwin also dropped Yu Chang's triple, quote unquote, triple in the uh, Saturday night game, which was unbelievable. By, by the way, I'm assuming. And they haven't seen anything yet about it. We're recording this on Monday morning. That Yu Chang is going to be the odd man out because they're bringing back uh, Bobby Bradley from the paternity, uh, the the um, not paternity list, uh, bereavement. bereavement bereavement list. Um, Andy Eli Morgan. Andy Eli Morgan. Morgan. So I'm assuming that Garza and Chang are going back down. I can't see. I, you know, I, here's the thing, though. Are they going to send? Well, I guess they Owen Miller and Chang at this point are the same person. Yeah, but you have to play Owen Miller. Miller. You've got well, to see what, what you what have. They're not sending. Well, that, that was what I was going to say. They're not sitting Owen Miller. But what, what I was thinking was because they have three left-handers, maybe they don't send Chang down. But like again, Miller and Chang are essentially they're all playing the same position. They both play first. They both play second. They both play short. They both play third. So it's the same guy. Yes, I believe Chang will most likely be sent down. We'll see. There, there's no reason to play you, Chang, anymore. I'm sorry. I, I know he, he like we've talked about a thousand times what a great guy he is, but enough, enough. <laughs> I mean, he, the triple the other night, you're right. He hit the ball hard. Ball was The ball was flying out of the yard Saturday night. Flying. It looked like a fly ball that happened to go to the wall, and Goodwin dropped it and then couldn't find it. So my text to you was like, OMFG in all caps when that happened, because that inning was crazy. But, yeah, no. We need to see what Owen Miller has here, Uh, not Yu Chang. No, absolutely not. Owen Owen actually had a a, a nice weekend. He looked was it fr- Friday night? He had he had the, his first career homer. Yep. Um, and he, you know, I think, you know, sometimes this happens. I, I, there's a percentage, and I, it's always brought up. It's like you know, Terry Pluto actually loves bringing up how guys never, you know, the percentage of guys who come up, go back down, and then come back up, and then they're you know here to stay. 
you know, Owen Miller's not the first guy who came up with a lot of hype and then failed and had to go back down. Maybe you, you know, humbled him a little bit, went back to work down there in AAA and comes back up and is more comfortable and he's not as nervous. Think about it. When he first came up, the way this team was going, everyone was talking about when's Owen Miller coming? When's Owen Miller coming? And it was almost like we all expected him, and, and I'm guilty of this too, that he would just come up and he'd, he'd be great. But he wasn't, and I think he probably felt a lot of pressure. And now he knows he's here. He can just relax and play. And so hopefully that'll help him, you know, at the plate because he, he certainly looked very lost in his The first time season. around, yes. Yeah. yeah. And he had a great at-bat on Saturday night, which actually I think led to the Yu Chang triple uh, where he was down 0-2 in the count to Kopech or whomever it was, Ruiz, and uh, – Fouled some pitches off, took some pitches, and drew a walk. And that, it, those were some big time at bats Saturday night. That was like a good watching the young guys learn and grow Saturday night. And I know it's one win. I mean, they lost two out of three to the White Sox. They're a 500 team. They're nine games back, whatever. But you saw some growth on Saturday night, and you need Owen Miller needs to be playing. You know, Absolutely. you don't. I don't need to see you Chang anymore. It's like seeing Josh Mandel tweets pop up. I don't need to see it anymore. I don't need to see that. <laughs> well, you, you want to know something? First of all, Owen did. He walked right in front of the Austin Hedges uh, single. That that's the right. Game, that's right. And, yeah. And it was the then it was the Chang triple, the best at bat of the year. Before, was before Owen Miller's walk. Oscar Mercado is is down. I believe he was down 0-2. Worked it to yeah. pull. Yeah. Down, down six four, you know, and and he just wrote that double to to get it to six five that scored Franville, and he came up when he got to the base. I just felt so happy for him. He was clapping, before, he clapping like at our bench. Bench, he was clapping. He, you could tell he was just like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Like that was so exciting. I was so happy for him. I think because you know how I feel about Mercado. I've wanted him to succeed for three years. So yeah, another yeah. another really good kid that that you could tell wants to do well and was so down in the dumps last year. And I get yeah. it. I mean, he just he lost all confidence. So you need to see. You need to. He needs to be playing. You know, and and. It's going to be a tough call for this organization if they have to make it about what to do with Daniel Johnson or Mercado. Like you mentioned, Zimmer, but it can't. You can't have all of them. And like I was saying before, you got three lefties this week. But I think Daniel Johnson needs to play against some of these lefties because you can't sit him for three straight days. You've got to find out if he can hit a lefty, if he can push a ball the other way, something. I mean, but again, I'm not all that confident. I I, I like I like Daniel. I. I I was a fan when he was in the minors and loved him when they got him for for Jan Gomes, but again, not not performing well. And then, I, yeah, absolutely. I've been you know talking to people inside of that building who say that you know of of those three guys, I'm not going to lump straw in there, but of those three guys, he's definitely the most talented. But he just there's something inherent that he's got this. He's, you know, I don't know if if he's still upset that he was screwed over earlier in the year and last year, but he's he doesn't look relaxed. He looks nervous. You know, he made a couple of really good plays in the field earlier in the year, but then there was that game last week that I went to where he made two terrible plays in the outfield, which ended up costing the Indians the game when uh, 99 blew the save. And then he makes that he and Zimmer bumping into each other at the wall and the, the ball going over the fence. I mean, this weekend. He just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just worry he's 4A. I really do. I don't want him to be because I'm with you. I thought this was going to be the guy this year that was going to emerge, and it has not worked. No, and he, and, you know, it was pretty public knowledge that he was ticked off when they cut him back in the spring and say he was one of the first ones sent down, and that he moped and 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 you know reportedly told the organization what he thought of him. And then went down to Columbus and didn't do all that much. And they they waited a while before bringing him up. I mean, they were bringing Zimmer up before him, Mercado up before him, uh, Bradley up before him. So he finally has gotten his chance on two separate occasions. The first one was almost like an emergency situation. He played like three games against the Twins and sent right back down. Uh, now he's here to stay. But how good is he? Can he can he can he do this at this level? It's a big big gap between AAA and and the bigs. Uh, that is for sure. All right, uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast for this Monday, August 2nd, four with the Blue Jays and three this weekend at home against the unnamed team 
if you look at the standings like the unnamed teams fans do every day and remind me of it, um, they're obsessed with the Indians. I'm not obsessed with them. I don't care. Uh, they seem to be obsessed with passing the tribe. So good for you guys. You guys are adorable. But they'll be in town this weekend. Uh, so seven seven games in seven days. Uh, let's get into top the schedule and certainly uh, the bullpen. Um, we got to do that because there's some people that don't don't look all that good anymore. We got to touch on that. But you got to tell us about Dr. Ben Hornstein. Um, you know, when I was watching Cal Quantrill yesterday, going crazy on the mound and then taunting the fans, uh, just kind of he was he had some swagger. That that's Ben Hornstein kind of swagger after a root canal. Ben Hornstein esque. <laughs> totally. I I can tell you this. Uh, this weekend, uh, I traveled to the great city of Charleston, South Carolina, with cousin Debbie, who also is a client of Dr. Ben Hornstein and the Center for Advanced Dentistry. And you know what? She's actually getting some, uh, um, uh, what, what am I? Oh, Invisalign over there at the Center. For oh, Advanced there Dentistry. you go. Yeah, yes, yes. You know, and you're you're never too you're you're never too old to you know, take care of straighten your teeth. If you want, this is someone who had braces twice as a kid. And as she got older, she didn't like the, you know, she's decided that she wants her teeth to be more straight. So she's getting Invisalign over there at the center for advanced dentistry. You know, who else did Tell your me. nephew, my son got his Invisalign as wow. well over there. Yeah. So if you're looking for a dentist that does stuff like Invisalign, uh, um, or, uh, whatever it might be in terms of a, uh, regular mouth uh, teeth cleaning or you know smile reconstruction like like my cousin is doing good on over cfad.net you can see those two handsome handsome men dr ben hornstein america's greatest dentist and dr sean schlissel of course the future of the center for <laughs> give them a call he's the richie he's the richie palacios of dentistry he is. You know what? He he he's not Sandy Alomar Jr. He's going to get the job one day. <laughs> so, uh, so, so give give them both a call. Hook them up. Tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you two one six five nine five one seven one zero right off of the Chagrin Boulevard exit in Beechwood, right there on Orange Place. Check them out at cfad.net, uh, or like I said, give them a call two one six five nine five one seven one zero. And the Center for Advanced Dentistry will hook you up with whatever you need. They're the best, nicest people. And again, if you love Cleveland sports and you want to take care of your teeth, there's no better place to do it than the Center for Advanced Dentistry. I was texting uh, the other day with uh, the man that I think uh, does the best job covering this baseball team, and that is uh, one Zachary Meisel, the pride of uh, Solon. And uh, South of Miles, thumbs we- down. Oh, shots fired. Anyway, so uh, Zach, uh, he's he's wondering where the Cal Quantrill Cal Com and Collected shirt is going to come out at BreakingTea.com. Now, I countered with maybe what we need is an uh, ambassador of Quan for Quantrill shirt, just like from uh, Jerry Maguire. So Cal Quantrill is cool as hell, man. I love that guy. I'm getting a 47 jersey. That guy was just all balls yesterday. But anyway, if we want to get a shirt done, whether it's Zach's idea with uh, Cal Common Collected or whatever, or Ambassador of Quan, uh, you do it at BreakingTea.com. They've got all the cool tribe shirts. If you're a diehard fan and you love Jose Ramirez, and you're like, I need a Jose Ramirez shirt. Yeah, you can get the Shirzy thing with the number 11, but they're changing the name. Everything else. Go to BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, D-E-R-Y, and check out the home run pitch T-shirt. There's the other Jose Ramirez, two different Jose Ramirez T-shirts. Uh, if you're a big Bobby Bradley fan, the new Bobby Bombs shirt is there. Uh, unfortunately, going on the um, clearance rack soon will be the uh, Loop There It Is Jordan Luplo shirt, as, yeah, as he is now a member of Dick Vitale's Tampa Bay Rays. But regardless, any of the shirts, Zach Plesak won Bieber Fever, you get them at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. Big Browns fan, you excited about the uh, soon-to-be 14-3 and and Super Bowl bound? Uh, Super Bowl, (laughs) Super Browns, yeah. Uh, Go to BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. Uh, Shout-out Kenneth Anthony for that. Uh, Or Cavs, even. I'm assuming they're going to make an Evan Mobley shirt. Um, Kendrick Perkins called him the next Bill Russell. 
Uh, so you can get Cavs gear as well at breakingtea.com slash dairy. So go to Breaking Tea right now. They are the best. They have the best uh, shirts around. Um, all right, so the bullpen, you know, Todd, now that yes. Uncle Phil's gone, it's interesting. Uh, poor Brian Shaw. You know, we've always been Shaw Dog fans. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the vo- the velocity's down. The guy pitches every day, and uh, I, what, what you know, Trevor. Ste- do you know Trevor Stefan and Sam Henches are on the roster? Right, you know that they didn't they didn't pitch the entire weekend. <laughs> right, so like at some point, those guys have to pitch. I'm assuming that Demarlo Hale is thinking, I need to give this guy a break and a little bit of a few days of a rest because. Anytime Shaw came into the game at the start of the year, he was locked down money. And now trade deadline has passed. I'm assuming they tried to move him. Didn't get any takers, and now he can't get anybody out. Like, it's it's not good because yeah. I know how reliable he is, but right now the, the radar gun's not lighting up like it did early in the season. You know, I thought, well, again, it's so new, but I thought that Trevor Stephan could have maybe taken the role of Phil Maton. Um, but obviously – that did not happen this weekend. Um, Shaw's cooked. There's no two ways around it. Uh, it was a nice story, but I'm not accusing him of cheating. But it's not a coincidence that both he and Karen Check have totally fallen off the table. Excuse me, 99 have both fallen off the table since the uh, ML since MLB decided to crack down on using the the spider tack. Uh, Shaw just. The velocity is not there. He, I think Tito overused him early. I mean, we talked about this in May that he was pitching him too often. And I, I, I don't understand. And maybe DeMarlo Hale will change things up. I did not understand the going to him in high leverage situations. It seemed as though when Maytown was still here, Tito had moved him up in the pecking order and kind of was giving him the seventh. Uh I don't understand why there's this hesitance to, to use Sandlin more in these key slots. To me, right now, Sandlin should be the guy who's your, th- you know, if you're saying that 99 and Class A are your top two guys that you're going to use in the eighth and ninth, regardless of, you know, who's who's pitching where, Sandlin's the guy who should be pitching in front of those two, in my opinion. But he, yet Shaw continues to get used. That's another guy, like like you just said, I don't understand, you know, obviously they tried to that. To me, if they traded Maton, I'm sure they had the feelers out. Hey, can we get anything for Brian Shaw? He's he's not a part of the future. If he wants to come back next year, I'm sure he would, you know, for the right money. But obviously nobody wanted him. The other guy who we saw this weekend who continues to struggle and twice this week, uh, well, actually it wasn't twice this week. It was uh, last Friday or two Fridays ago. Uh, is Nick Wickren. Oy, oy, oy. Here's the thing about up. here's the thing about Nikki. Uh, cousin Nikki did a great job either Friday or Saturday. Maybe it was Friday. And it looked like, all right, he's getting it back. And then yesterday he pitches the eighth and mows them down. I think he struck out the side. And it's like, all right. And then he comes back for the ninth, which because of the usage of Class A on Saturday night, where he had to pitch two innings, and what a job that Manny did Saturday night in closing the game. Hey. Uh, I love that. Man. Five out save. And Five caught save. the ball on the three six one double play, which, uh, was, a which was a miracle. Yeah, Chang Chang to a mad to Class seen, A. If you could have only have seen me under the table at dinner at ten thirty Eastern with my with my phone under the table after that. Is pumping. <laughs> was, that was keep it from the guests. That was <laughs> that was that was something else. Uh, you know, that was good. But yes, but Wickren yes, to eat. Wickren, yeah, but, but but yesterday, I mean, the three-one pitch he threw to Goodwin. You just knew. I mean, you're like, you could hit that out. That was that's the struggle. His ERA is over five and a half, and um, you know, he got a, a blown up on Twitter, and his wife got attacked. Just unacceptable. Which is terrible. Unacceptable. Just terrible. That, that's yeah. you know. So you know. No one should be have to go through that. The guy cares. No. The guy the guy tries hard. He's not at a good year. I'm not giving up on him yet, but no, you're right. No, 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 you know, yeah. once you take Maton out of this equation now, you've got to, you know, they added Garza for the weekend. I don't know if he'll stay. Like we mentioned, Hinches and Stefan are there, but they never pitch. Um, but, you know, my concern with Shaw and certainly with, with James is that these guys, like you mentioned, the sticky stuff, uh, the spin rate for Karen Chak, and I think uh, Justin Latta pointed this out at Indians, uh, you know, prospect insider, or um, is, is that um, 
the spin rate's just way down. He's just not the same guy. So he's got a lot of talent. He's a young kid and, you know, can throw really hard. But right now, you're right. I mean, then that pen's been used a lot. I mean, every, it seems like every win the Indians have is some one-run nail-biter. It'd be nice. Yeah, the whole weekend was was close. Every game's close. We, we, You and I have been talking about this the entire year. So there isn't many opportunities where these guys can just kind of – you know, there was the, uh, the, the the game the other night, the other day, the day game that they beat uh, the Cardinals. I saw a lot of complaining that, oh, my God, what is Tito doing? Or, or you know, using Class A and Karinchek in a five-run game. Well, at that point, yes, I, I can understand why. But they had an off day Monday, and neither of them pitched Tuesday. And then there was going to be an off day Thursday. So these guys also can't sit for five, six straight days either without working. But, yes, those two, and Shaw in particular, were just completely overused, and so when you and and when you have this many guys in the bullpen, and you're trying to figure it out. At this point in the season, you're going to have to try with some of these younger guys and give them some of these higher level, uh, uh, high leverage situations. I mean, what what could it hurt to to you know give Sandlin more of an opportunity in, in those spots, or even you know have have Hentges come in? And, you know you you know you know it's an inning where it's. You know they're they're down three to two or something or three to one and they have two lefties coming up. Why not throw Hedges out there, give him a shot? I, you know, I mean, to we Hedges to me is is your future power left-handed reliever in, in the bullpen. Let's see it. Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, you know. <laughs> It's it, we just don't the Indians don't score enough runs. The offense is not good enough. So all of these games, it seems like, have to come down to the bullpen. And early in the year, the pen was amazing, one of the best in the game. But you know, over the last month, month and a half, I think the ER bullpen ERA is something over five. There have been too many meltdowns. So it's part of having a young team and you know, figuring, trying to figure a few things out. I'm not sure who's going to be next in the pecking order. If they bring up a guy like Francisco Perez or something, the lefty from down at Columbus, who's been pretty good, who was in double A just a few weeks ago. But we'll the only see. problem with him is he's, I don't think he's on the 40 man. And right now, you know, when, when you're looking at that 40 man, you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of pick and choose because you, you know, you're going to have those big decisions and he'll probably eventually be on the 40 man at some point. But, uh, you know that's a that's a whole nother topic, but uh, all right. Last last thing um, before we go through the week, you're on the bandwagon. You're with me now, and I'm proud of you. I have joined you. Yes, I have. Ahmed Rosario is horrible, and I've said it all year. I can't stand. I can't stand watching him play shortstop. <laughs> Yesterday cost us a run because he's out there in short left field, thinking he's Omar freaking Vizquel. Get away from the outfielder. What are you doing? The ball hit Saturday night by Jose Abreu that went for an RBI single to make it 12-11, where, I don't know, it looked like a grounder to short on his backhand side, and he olays it like Roger Dorn. I mean, how much longer do we have to watch this guy play shortstop? We know he's not the shortstop next year. We know he's not the shortstop in two years. He shouldn't be the shortstop today. Can we get Andres Jimenez? Can we get Gabe Arias? Can we get somebody up here that's going to be the shortstop? Can you put Owen Miller at short for a few days a week? Something. Clement, something. This guy destroys our defense playing that position every day. It's brutal. After that play where where he just – he, he, you, you texted me. That, first of all, that play was so bad. I couldn't believe that he did not get to that ball. And you texted me, and you were right, because I said, I can't take this anymore. I've joined, I've joined the club. I can't watch him play short anymore. His first step is terrible. Like it, It's like he has no instincts on how – and here's the thing. What's so crazy? He's so fast on the base paths. Yeah. He's all, he, when he gets he's on great, the He's ball, a great he's base runner. Great base runner. And I do think he is a good hitter, and it's in there. I know you don't think so, but I still think he can hit. But, man, his first step is just so bad. He has no instincts at short. And and you can see why the uh, the, the Mets had moved, went to Andres Jimenez last year after watching Ahmed out there. You called it from day one. The guy's not a shortstop. He nope. can't play the position. No. So if the Met, if the Mets know the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, yeah. the Mets drafted Kumar Rocker, could even sign him. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not that, 
I'm, I'm going to take a, a different side. Well, I, I know. It's it's Boris and Scott it's the Boris system. Scott Boris is playing games and it's bullshit. And yes, but still, that's vintage Mets. Yeah. Vintage Mets. Yes, yes. But I don't. Yeah. we don't need to go there today. But you know, you're right. It's just if the Mets even know that this guy can't play shortstop and they gave him three years. Uh, this is not a 22, 23-year-old kid anymore. And I know, oh, he's a, he's a former number one pick. He's a former top prospect. Okay, great. Enough. He should be playing a few days a week against lefties. I don't know where you play him. I mean, I I, I know you know that's moving to second a few times. I he should not be at shortstop. Shortstop is a premium position. The ball is hit to shortstop a lot, or in that vicinity. If there's a ground ball hit there that's not hit right to him, and I know Johnny Peralta didn't have the greatest range, but Johnny Peralta had great hands, great hands. Ahmed Rosario has hands of stone. I mean, it's brutal. That oh. play, and then yesterday, he plays that, every like you said, freaking that, day. Yeah, never, never, never gets a day off. Every well, day. When he when he dropped that ball over the shoulder or tried to make that catch and didn't, I'm just like, come on, man, really? That that, that was so bad. And and Oscar was there to make that play. Of course, it's, it's the first pitch of the fifth. The first pitch of the fifth inning would have been one out, nobody on. Now you now you're mm-hmm. putting traffic out there for for Quantrill, who had already thrown a lot of pitches. It would. And I know he's great in the clubhouse, and I talked to some people close to the team. They're like, oh, Ahmed Rosario is the least of our worries. They love him. Oh, great. But not at shortstop. You want to put him in center field a couple days a week or left field? Fine. Put him in the outfield. I don't care. But just not shortstop. I, I, I'm with you on that. By the way, Francisco Perez, not on the 40-man roster. Here, The, the, the guys who are. Because Alex Young, will, they will get a look at at some point. The guy they claim from Arizona. Oh yeah, the lefty. I gotta yeah. believe at some point, you still. These are the guys that are in the minors that are uh, on the forty man. Kyle uh, pitchers, Kyle Nelson, who you forgot is even there. Scott Moss, Cam Hill, and Logan Allen. Those oh are yeah, the pitchers yeah, yeah. That, the, On the forty man. What about Kyle Troy? <laughs> what about Kyle Troy? <laughs> oh, oh what you a... know what else? When we were talking about the outfield, it's like we forgot Josh Naylor still exists. Yeah, no, I'm a Nailer fan. I, you know, there, he'll be a part of the mix next year for sure. There's going to be a trade made too in the in the winter. There, there's going to be a trade yeah. made in the winter to acquire a, a, a starting pitcher or something. Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll see. Well, we'll see. You know, people forget Tyler Freeman. To me, in a couple of years, Arias is going to be at short, and Tyler Freeman's going to be at second. The question is, where's Jimenez going to be, and where's Jose going to be? You know, because someone's going to be moving to third. Yeah, I you know to me Jose should be at third base for the rest of his career, but yep. something there's going to be some sort of movement somewhere um, because there's there's a ton of of really good prospects and a ton of guys coming that are all up the middle players like you said shortstop second baseman and I think yeah, Nolan, I think Nolan Jones is going to be an outfielder so yeah we'll which, see by the way when, I think his future is either going to be at first base or the outfield because I I really do think that. Whatever ends up happening with ownership and the the new, you know, the, the minority owner, whoever, if it's Stanley Middleman or whoever, I think the first order of business is going to be to try to extend Jose Ramirez number for, for several reasons, but no more than a goodwill gesture to the fans. But but to be honest, that's the guy you should be keeping and you should yeah. be building your team around. He's, he's, he's the best player on the team. He's still very young. and oh Oh, speaking of which, by the way, before we go, uh, rumor has it that Ahmed Rosario is better than the uh, redacted X shortstop. That's what I that, I, I heard that from a tribe expert on Twitter. Is that true? Wow, that's bad. That's always a, that was a really bad look. Guy likes that guy. Also, is a big fan of bunting and uh, my favorite ex president. <laughs> really? Oh, I didn't know that. Hey, now that's a rough look. That's a rough look. Uh, that uh, that post game show is. Uh, that's well, a that's Wonder Bread City. Um, all right, so let's go to the pitching matchups. Hey, let's go to that uh, Tito Zoom presser. What'd you think? <laughs> What'd you think of Morgan? Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, today's um, and that's no knock on Andre. Don't take it that way, people. Um, we love Andre. Uh, now. He's a friend of the friend of the pod. He has to, he has to carry he has to carry the load. Um, yes, all right, so four games against the Blue Jays starting this afternoon. Eli Morgan is back. Of course, the last time he faced the Blue Jays was in a windstorm. Um, Eli Morgan against, I was there. against Robbie Ray today. 
Uh, Tuesday night, Zach Plesak against uh, Ryu, the left-hander, uh, who's been very good this year. Steven Matz on Wednesday for the Blue Jays against J.C. Mejia. And then Thursday, the uh, roller coaster that is Tristan McKenzie against Ross Stripling. So three straight lefties for the Blue Jays before Stripling on Thursday. Then the Indians come home. It's uh, fireworks night on uh, Friday night. Uh, you should have heard Hammy the other day uh, pumping up the fireworks. It was pretty sweet. Um, what do they call it again? It's, it's rock and blast. Rock and blast. blast. Folks, let me tell you. I mean, Hammy was on his game. Uh, Cal Quantrill against the great Matt Manning, um, the savior. Unnamed legend. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at his ERA. Um, he's a legend. Eli Morgan against Tyler Alexander, the lefty uh, spot starter type. And then on Sunday, Zach Plesak against Willie Peralta. So it uh, looks like we avoid Mize and Scooble. And we avoid Jose Barrios, who pitched yesterday for Toronto. Correct, That's the correct. That's we don't see. Correct. But as the unnamed fans uh, call Mize and Scooble, Glavin and Maddox. So uh, we avoid them uh, this weekend. So that's who we see. But, uh, look, Toronto can really mash, man. And Springer's back. Springer break. <laughs> so uh, George Springer uh, back is... Uh, you know, Toronto, Toronto really can hit, so we got to be on our game pitching wise. But hopefully, get get like a split against the Jays, and then take two out of three, and we'll feel good doing next week's show. But uh, this was a chalk for this was a uh, this was like rock'em sock'em robots. That's what Underwood said the other day. <laughs> Great show, man! It was fun though. Yeah, listen, when we were putting those topics together, it was like. It's so much to discuss, and then uh, the executive producer hit us with, "Yeah, you didn't even have uh, Tito and Demarlo Hale uh, on the list." I was like, "Yeah, we just we had so much to discuss. This was a crazy, crazy week uh, on and off the field." And uh, you know, I was excited to uh, I was excited to do this pod. I had I had the uh, topic list ready before yesterday's game. I was yes, so you did. You were uh, you were locked and loaded. And, and shout out to the executive producer Jeremy. A uh, that's a man's man right there. Took 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 his wife on a nice, uh, you know, just 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 the two of them uh, weekend. Uh, shout out to him. That's uh, that's awesome. Full week. What are you talking about? Full week. Full week. I should say least least. So uh, that was uh, good for him to uh, get away. So, all right, buddy. Well, uh, big big game, uh, big game this afternoon. Um, we'll be all over it. We'll be back next week. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.